it's time to sit down and interview what some people in the entertainment business do. So sit back and relax, and you will see there's so many talented people on understudy. Hello everyone, how the feck are we again? Hope all is well. Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of mine. I really appreciate all the love, all the support, and the continuation of you guys listening to me, putting up my voice, my stupid questions, and my interesting questions. So, interesting questions. So, yeah, I really appreciate it. Uh, my next guest is, as you guys know, Vince Knight, who is a great cinematographer, great guy really really nice guy um and it was really nice to work with him and it was really nice to talk with him so we talk about the work that i we've done together and and just the stuff he's done in general and he's he's a really great guy he really knows his stuff it was really excellent to work with him and i think you know as actors sometimes we forget about other people contributing to the movie in their own artistic way you know uh, for myself, you know, that's something I had to learn. Is you know, it's not, it's 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 a group effort. You know, I'm contributing to the view of the character, and and Vince is contributing to the view uh, of of the the movie as a whole. How it's going to be shot, how it's going to be portrayed, all the nuances, all those close cuts, uh, cl- close ups, and how it's going to cut and it's a really really interesting and difficult job so it was great to be able to talk with him and to for him to just show us what it's like uh, the mind of, of a cinematographer so i'm glad you guys are going to be able to listen to him please tune in to the next episode as well it's going to be really nice and have a great rest of your day there's so many talented people on understudy so yeah let's um start so first of all vince knight ladies and gentlemen is a dop mastermind and we've got to work together on two projects now which has been amazing but i I have to say i think you should have been an actor not because (laughs) i've ever seen you act or anything i just think vince knight is probably the best actor name ever i'm ready for the stage and the screen vince Vince knight (laughs) in batman you know what i mean like that's just that's just such a good name. I'm kind of jealous. <laughs> Who's Key Larkin? Um, I, would that be possible? Maybe we could just switch names. I'd really enjoy it. Vince Knight 4 on IMDb. Vince Knight 4. <laughs> or maybe I'll just take your last name, Key Knight. Sounds no. good. Doesn't it? Get married. We could get married. Yeah. Get my English citizenship. Easy solutions. There we go. So, Vince. Um... How are you, pal? Yeah, I'm good, man. Just, you know, lockdown, living, yeah. chilling, downtime. It's good. I don't mind it. And um, do you think as like, um, do you think you're very shy? Would you call yourself a shy person being behind camera? Because I know you said to me, you're, you don't really, you're not used to, uh, you know, doing podcasts or anything. Do you uh, think all camera people are shy? That's why they, they've done, they, they go behind stage or... What do you think? I mean, maybe. I mean, I'm just, I, I don't know if I'm necessarily shy. Like, I'm pretty, I'm an outgoing person and I can like, you know, socially I'm fine to talk with people. But like, when it comes to like public speaking or anything that's recorded or me on camera, I just always end up like messing up, saying something stupid, regretting it. You know, it's uh, so funny because I feel like I, for me, even though I'm an actor, I have the same thing. I was on Catherine Rodden's podcast the other day. And I was yeah. just, you know what, I, I was trying to explain to her things about Stella Adler and stuff, and I just forgot the name of some of my teachers or some of the techniques, and I'm like, how is this happening, you know? <laughs> yeah. How is it happening? So, yeah, I get that. Um, how did you start? So, you're a DOP. Is that, like, what, explain to my viewers, just in case there's any that's on, that listens to this, that isn't really, you know, in, in the industry. What is a DOP? So, a DOP, or a cinematographer, is a... Well, I, you know, some people joke a glorified cameraman, but no, it's it's head of the the sort of camera and lighting department of a film set. Uh, my job is to overlook the visual aspects of the film from sort of the choices of cameras and lenses and lighting um, to the sort of final color grade and 
mm. sort of taking a project and working with a director to kind of take something from script to finished product. So would you say like in the hierarchy of making a film, would you say the DOP is like next to the director? Um, I'd say the DOP is like the director's right-hand man, but not necessarily yeah. in that order of the hierarchy. I don't, I, I don't know. But you, there's a lot of responsibility, you know, it's not, it's not just, you know, pointing the camera. It's really like, do you, do you guys like have a look at like discuss the shots with the director, the, all of that yeah. sort of thing? It's a big old process, yeah, for sure. Um, and there is a lot of responsibility, and I, that's kind of why I love it so much. You, you kind of, it's, it's very much your project as well, you know. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I liked it because working with you, seeing your hands-on approach, I really liked that. I'm like, wow, there's a lot into that you, that you consider. You know, it's not just, you know, you're you're considering all the sort of stuff and even the artistic stuff look this is a great shot but what about this and you know you, you're looking at the script and saying you know but in the last kind of thing this person did this and i think that so there's a lot into it. i really do enjoy seeing the the background work going on in, in, in film did you yeah. always want to do like um cinematography or how, how did you get into it so i was always filming like even as a kid with like a like a little video camera you know on um tapes and shit i was always filming like dumb stuff like literally my whole life but i didn't really consider it as a career until so like my late teens i kind of like i was shooting stuff anyway but like it wasn't even an option you know like i was at school and they, you know what you remember like you're at school and they're like pushing you to go to university and stuff and they kind of you look through the list of careers and all this and, and it like wasn't even a thing you know there wasn't even um so i actually i went to unity graphic design and wow. i kind of so i was i was doing a lot of that as well and i just hated it <laughs> i just was like doing graphic design hating it but then filming for fun and then i was kind of like oh maybe i could try and do this professionally and then yeah kind of started following that and yeah i ended up doing um i went to uni for it i went kind of went back and started again and um yeah just just from there it kind of progressed from me doing dumb videos to small promos to filming events and then yeah short films and then yeah okay awesome so what, what where did you did you study in london i studied in plymouth and then bournemouth and how is it like um so what got you into the industry and i, I the difference in, in like what made you want to do and the industry, I mean, like how did you get your first kind of gig being a cinematographer? Did you have to like, you know, do an apprenticeship or like do like other work before that? Or did you just start the ball rolling in, in that field? Cause I know certain people like in, in, um, doing certain things, like sometimes you work with lights or sometimes you work with sound and then you start kind of going up in that field. Is that like that with cinematography? Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of people, they'll kind of work their way up. They'll do a lot of camera trainee and then assistant work um, or gaffer and then step across. Yeah. Camera operating and then do cinematography. Um, and I, I did do a lot of that. I did some camera trainee stuff on some features. I did some assisting. Um, but from very early on, I was kind of shooting my own stuff, um, shooting a lot of short films, commercials, documentaries. And I kind of just sort of said, fuck it, you know, why not? just try and be a cinematographer you know i i mm. i have been anyway um and then i got a few gigs quite early on luckily uh second unit on a couple of features um which was great because it's kind of like you get to be a dop on a film but without the full pressure of it being right. you know the main, main thing you can kind of just support someone help them get additional content work on the side um, so that was, um, for one film called allies as world war two movie. Right. Um, some scenes I was sort of just a B camera floating around, getting extra shots with a second unit director. And then some things we kind of went off and did completely different scenes on our own with like a smaller crew. Yeah. Uh, to help sort of bulk the film out. Yeah. So what was the biggest kind of film you worked on as a cinematographer? 
Uh, probably that Madness in the Method, um, which was in, we shot that in 2016. And then it eventually came out in 2019. Wow. Um, so quite a delay, but uh, yeah, probably that one because it's got it's it's got a good cast. Um, it has an incredible cast. It has so many like cameos. It's amazing. Uh, it's, it's it's a movie made up of cameos, but yeah, it's good fun. So what was that like <laughs> shooting? Like it was a, it was a hectic. You, know, you were shooting it in Los Angeles, right? For the most part. Half half in LA and half in Derby, actually. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, that movie was a lot of fun. It was it was a wild ride. Um, we so we had Jay as a director. Um, I don't know if you much know much about Jason Mewes, but he's a he's a crazy guy, and um, it's his first directorial role. So kind of all got thrown in the deep end there, really, and kind of hit, had to hit the ground running. And, um, yeah, yeah. I, I, the, the first thing I've seen, I think, was Jay is was um, Dogma. And I love okay. that movie. I just absolutely <laughs> love that movie. I love how they they make their movies, which is great. But working with those people, I mean, that's a that's a really nice move. I mean, kudos to you. That that's really really big. Do you um, what's it like working with actors? Uh, there's a bit of a vague question, but I know that there's a lot of there's a lot of asshole actors out there, and there's a lot of nice actors, and there's a lot of nervous actors. Like, I mean, is there? What do you think it is working with actors? How, is it, how has your experience been? You know, I think it's funny being on set. You know, often it's, it's not just about, you know, obviously as it's more the director's job to kind of get the performances. But when I'm, you know, I'm very much there with them. So I kind of have to help to make sure everyone's comfortable. And, yeah. you know, I think in film it's, it's, Handling egos is a is a big part of the job, you know. Kind of making sure everyone's happy and comfortable, and yeah, um, getting getting along. Um, but working with actors, man, I think it's my job is to make a space for you guys to do your thing. Um, mm. Not so much physically. Uh, sometimes, you know, I can light a space for you to move around in, but I mean more just like I don't want to be getting in actors ways you know i want to be almost invisible i right. want to uh, just take away as many borders and restrictions as possible to yeah kind of get the performance that they want to do and that the director wants to get and that i can kind of capture as best i can yeah and is there like points where like do you ever have button like butt heads with any of the crew or or, or, or actors or is like like is there usually both of them are fine i mean is there any more like harder to deal with i mean i'm i think i'm pretty easy going I, I don't really have any problems on set it's normally more actors with other actors or the director with actor. actor. yeah <laughs> you're stuck in the middle I, of your I, camera <laughs> like, what's going on? I, i'm often stuck between people because <laughs> the director's saying one thing and the actor's wanting another thing and I'm kind of just there like I just want to make it look pretty guys don't, don't shout at me um, <laughs> so I you know it's I, I am often stuck between people like the director and the producer or yeah. the lead and the the director but um, yeah I think keep the keep the trolley going and yeah keep how 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 important like how, how hard is it to keep on schedule because it, it it seems to be always like, we're never like we're always running out of time. We never have extra time. That's what I feel like on set all the time. It's like, yeah, no, no, we're like ten minutes over the scene or twenty minutes over the scene. Is that like your experience, or have you ever had a perfect shoot? You never ever wrap early because you can always just keep shooting and keep doing better. There's always something yeah. that can be improved. You know, Definitely. if it's not. The, the lighting didn't quite hit the actor right because they weren't quite on their marks or the focus wasn't quite right or, you know, the, the performance wasn't quite there or... Yeah. But the, like, I always think with filmmaking, it's like you need all of the planets to align to get the perfect shot, you know, or yeah. you need so many things to kind of happen to um to kind of hit that mark. And I think it's, it's always just kind of like time versus... Um, what's the phrase kind of like 
you can just you can just keep shooting forever basically you can always improve a shot mm. and keep doing it better and better yeah uh, so you never ever wrap early you never finish a scene early um so you always never run out of time and we're always running late <laughs> yeah yeah just the nature of the beast isn't it it just comes with our territory i have to say we, we got to work on two movies together which i really like and uh, the first one was frost boy um, yeah. um with director um anthony hales and that was a big big uh kind of ambitious undertaking that we did and i know that you uh you love like i mean i have to say i can't wait for people to see it because i think there's really beautiful shots like with the moonlight coming down and the snow and you got some incredible shots for a handheld thing and i remember you saying it was so hard for you because you wanted to make it look beautiful but you also had to make it look shit like what's that so i mean i guess for your listeners to explain it's a it's a found footage film it's like um Cloverfield style, Blair Witch style, you know, you kind of, and for me, I, I hadn't actually worked on a film like this before. I'd always done kind of more traditional shot edit style films. And um, so taking that project on was, uh, one of the reasons I took it on was because I wanted to have a go at this style, you know, found footage. And um, yeah, like you say, it was always a throw up between, between trying to make it cinematic and then, rein that back a bit and make it seem realistic mm. uh, yeah i think we i think we did pretty well i think you know uh, the, the reason we had to have such crazy moonlight was just the the main issue was that it's just so dark in those woods as soon as we turned them off to save battery if you, you realize it's like really really dark <laughs> like and i mean you like i have to say how impressed i was with that because with your job you need to be cre- very very creative you need to be not just liking how you do your shots, but sometimes, like you said, like things are just dark, things go wrong. You have to figure out how to light them properly and, you know, and, and how to get that perfect. So that was really cool. I really, really enjoyed that. And, and Film, yeah, filmmaking is just a constant sort of troubleshooting, problem-solving kind of situation. And when you're, you're out in the woods in the dark and you've got very minimal kit, you kind of need to, and it's a very tight schedule, you need to really think fast and... Yeah. problem solve and i think really it just kind of comes down to what can we get in this time and how can we make it look as good as possible yeah um and that's kind of what i think makes a good cinematographer is being mm. able to solve and look at a situation and be how, how can we make this better given yeah. the current scenario yeah no i think so i think um i really like you i think you're very talented at how, how you do um which leads me to a question is like you know we forget the fact that everyone is an artist on a set you know mm-hmm. like like us ego driven actors sometimes i think we can go you know we're artists we're we're making this art but we forget the the screen the the, the camera making and how how poetic that is and, and how so big and i just want to ask what do you think what would like if i was to ask you what is your definition of an artist uh, good question. No, that's a hard one. Um, yeah, I like to. I think. I don't know because it's like an artist. Like if someone just walked up to you on the street, right, and just says, "Hey, what's the definition of an artist?" What would you say? Uh, someone that wants to create something and present it. I guess I don't know. Yeah, I think it's it's about it's about taking something, an idea that you've got in your mind, and putting it out there. You know. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good answer. And would you consider yourself an artist? Uh, I guess so. I don't think I'd ever say that though. <laughs> Sounds pretentious. <laughs> I'm an artist. Artist. Yeah. Um, no, it's, I, I'd like to ask these questions to everyone because I think it's very. Um, it's very interesting how, how we look at our jobs and how, or how we look at, you know, how humble we try and be and stuff, but we forget the fact that, like, we are artists or what, yeah. what artists is and, and how important it is and how relevant it is to this day. And I think, you know, film, has, especially with COVID and everything going on now, like, how important is film? You know, we yeah. really, like, what would happen to us as, as humans if we didn't have TV and movies to watch? Yeah, yeah. You have to read a book. 
Um, who 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 inspires you in 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 the camera world? Or, or like do you, like do you look at movies and go, wow, that's a great cinematographer? I want to look at his movies, or do you just like like movies the way they are? Do you just appreciate? For me, it, like a lot of people ask me this, like, oh, who 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 your inspirational sort of cinematographers, and, and it's like I'll watch a film and I'll like there's films that I think are well shot, but you know, I think for me, a cinematographer's job is to service the script and the director. So I think like, it's, it's very rare that you, how do I phrase this? <laughs> um, normally when I watch a film, what stands out for me is kind of like the script, the performances, the directing, you know, it's, yeah. For me, it's kind of like I'll, I'll watch something and I'll, I want to look into who the director is and what is their other work. It's, you know, and I think like a good cinematographer will change their style depending on the script and the director and what's needed for that project, you know. So it's kind of, it, it, it's, especially with, with big movies, you know, it's kind of very rare for there to be bad cinematography, but there's, still often bad scripts and bad directing and bad uh, acting but like the cinematography is 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 always at least somewhat of a, of a level you know what i mean yeah no yeah i, I get you i i think acting should be the same i think everything should always service the script right you know and yeah. i think people forget that you know you, you don't want to have someone going wow it was a great crying scene that actor's brilliant because it cried and it's like that's not what the film is about you know i think that we need to set our egos aside and everyone come in collaboration and go yeah you know what we need to tell that story so i agree with you and i think that everyone in in our industry needs to kind of look that you know look past ourselves and, and go oh yeah we're here to actually all make a, a story at yeah. what point of your career would you ever think you made it is that like you know like if i was like on okay i did a big hollywood movie you know Spielberg has called me in. Maybe then I'll be like, right, I made it. Is there a point for you to think that? No, no. <laughs> not yet, not yet. Like if Spielberg called you tomorrow and said, we want you to work on Jaws 4. <laughs> yeah, I'd be, pretty, I'd be pretty stoked then. And I think, I don't think until the first day of shooting, I'd feel confident, you know. <laughs> Is there a thing we like? Is there a point in your career that you think like like you'll be satisfied? Or when do you think you you've made it? What what would it take for you to be to make it? If that makes sense. Uh, my goal for a few years or for many years has been, I just want to shoot movies that people enjoy and know. You know. Yeah. I think, like, I always want to, like. It's, it's, you know, you, you always get it. You say to someone, oh, what, what, they ask you what, do you, what do you do? And I'm like, oh, I work in film and TV. And they're like, oh, have you shot anything that I know? And you're like, oh, probably not. But, you know, I'll tell you anyway. And they're like, oh, no, I haven't heard of that. Um, so my dream is for, for them to ask that. And I'll say, oh, no, yeah, I shot this. And they'll be like, oh, wow, I love that. I saw that last year in the cinema. My kids loved it. You know, oh, we, we watched that on Netflix. Or, you know, something like that. I just... I want to be able to just have said that I've shot something that people have loved and their family loved, you know, like yeah. not necessarily like a kid's film, but for me, just something that like someone grew up loving as like a film that's a part of their childhood, yeah. I think is like quite an important thing. Yeah. No, I, I, how surreal would it be? Yeah. You'd just be like, uh, what have you done? I've done this. And what? Seriously? Like I'd love <laughs> to be able to go into a cinema and see people buying in, just sit down, your, your, your movie's on, and just yeah. in a world or whatever's going on, you know, I think that would be a really beautiful kind of, but you've, you've done it, right? So like, I mean, you've done Method in the Madness. I'm sure that's going to be like such an indie, I think one day you're going to come by some random people that you're like, I fucking love Jay and Silent Bob. You did Method oh, yeah. I watched that and I loved it. Like, I mean, I'm sure there's really cult fans on. But they were also yeah. on um, Jay and Son and Bob again, weren't they, at the same time? That you shot? Yeah, that came out around the same time, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think, you know, Jay and Son and Bob have got a huge, huge following, mostly in America, more so there than here. But I think, yeah. 
yeah, maybe in 20 years it'll be a obscure cult film like Clerks. And, um, yeah. you know, but who knows? <laughs> so, what do you think, I, like, this might get really deep, but what do you think right now, um, there's a lot of stuff happening right now in the world. And do you think, like, what do you think right now is important for film to, to, to address? You know, is there, do you think that film should address political subjects or, or subjects that are important in life? Or do you think that they should stay away from them? Or, or, you know, what do you think is important right now? Why do people need film? You know, I think film's one of the most powerful tools that we have. And I think people forget the power of, of the propaganda of film. You know, I think when I, I always think that countries you know for for countries films like one of the most powerful tourism tools isn't it really you think when you think of paris or you think of new york or you think of london you know most of what people know about or think or feel about these cities or these countries is from what they've seen in film you know and i think people need to to use this tool in the future to kind of help you know help out people that that need help or stories that need telling i think there's a lot of um, a lot of equality issues that are still an ongoing problem that are slowly getting better, you know. But I think through time and people helping pushing things in the right direction, will get better. Um, have you ever um, have you ever been like uh, have you ever seen some sort of discrimination going on in in the industry that we're in? Like, has, has it ever been? No, I don't think so. I mean it's hard to say because it's like a lot of these things are just kind of like going on without you even thinking about it. You know, it's like a lot of the crew might be male and and you wouldn't even think necessarily about it. But right. then I, then I look back and I think, you know, I've hired female camera assistants and there's, you know, yeah. I, I wouldn't even think twice, you know, it's for me, it's just about who's, who's going to be right for the job, you know? Yeah, of course. Um, but, yeah, I don't. I don't think I've I've seen anything going on like that. Right, right. So that's good. I mean, yeah, I, I I guess you don't look at it like that until you're made aware of it, right? You're like, oh yeah, maybe maybe we we have overlooked women in in, in you know for grips and for for other things in in, in um in production. Um, and certainly, obviously, there's a lot of you know payments that are different in, in actors you know yeah. women sometimes get paid a lot of times get paid a lot less than men so yeah you yeah, know I, I i definitely get that and i, I do like what you say I'm, i mean i think you're right i think how important it is that we can really change people's perspective of of certain things and it's it can be dangerous right i mean you mm. can use it like you said for propaganda you can you can tell a story or you can you can use it to share things. But I, I remember, you know, all this uh, Hollywood Boulevard. You know, when you see it in the movies, it's this beautiful, glamorous place. And if you ever go to Hollywood Boulevard, you're like, oh. <laughs> "Come on, this is like a war zone. This place is not what the movies. The movies lie to me." Um, is there anything you're working on at the moment? Uh, there's a few films I've got that are sort of floating around um, that are kind of, you know, with COVID, it's making things very difficult at the moment to kind of, yeah. I think there are a lot of issues with locations and sort of from abroad and stuff like that. Um, so I can't really say at the moment about any of those projects because I, I just don't even know if they're going to happen, you know? No, no, that's, that's the scary thing, isn't it? It's like, yeah. you don't know if they're going to be greenlit. How, how does that, like... How, how does that affect you in, in terms of scheduling? Because I know we were supposed to do um, Advent mm. a year ago, you know? And so it's like you, you get booked in to do it, but then it gets pushed back so much. Is that like, is that the major yeah. effect of COVID for, for you as a cinematographer? Or? It can be a nightmare, yeah. I mean, I kind of just keep my diary and have things floating about. And, you know, I'm never convinced anything's going to happen until it's happening. Yeah. you know yeah but often yeah things kind of overlap and mess everything up but last year i got very very lucky uh things slotted in really really well um one project moved completely and then slotted in between two other projects i was just kind of like yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, have you like 
has the COVID affected you quite much, like with, with, with filming, or is it just scheduling issues? Yeah, you mean like working on set or more yeah, like 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 how how is set life now? Yeah, it's um, it, it is a pain in the ass, but you know it's it's better than not working. Um, I think sometimes um, you kind of just yeah, I mean. Yeah, we you know we we did this feature and very small crew, everyone being COVID secure, COVID safe, and checking temperatures and all this. But I think, yeah, I, I just can't wait to get back to things being normal. Really, it's it's just it's it is tricky. Do you think that like when do you think things will get back to normal? <laughs> what the, uh, June twenty seventh? June twenty seventh. I think very. Remember, remember, like at the start where they're like, oh yeah, we're just gonna lock it down for three weeks. Yeah. Year later, you know, I think. But do you think that um, you will have to like um have the vaccine pass? Like I've heard this thing called a vaccine passport. Do you think that you'll have to be vaccinated to travel, or do you think that this this COVID thing is going to be beaten? I don't think they'll ever beat it. It's just going to become another seasonal flu, isn't it? And it's going to keep a you know evolving, and they have to keep updating vaccines and all that. I think it'll it'll get to the point where. I don't think they'll ever sort of force the vaccine on people because mm. COVID passports starts to kind of open up dangerous territory of sort of forcing it on people. But then again, I think countries, if they require it on entry, that's up to them, isn't it? Yeah. Um, it's hard though, isn't it? Because let's say you say, right, look, like I don't agree with a vaccine. Mm. And then you're, you're, you're doing films with someone. Like, Would you feel uncomfortable if, so, if you were vaccinated and someone wasn't? to you know i'm sure there's a lot of people like like what i've noticed from this is that there's a lot of people that handle it very differently you know some people are very nervous with people like not like you know with with doing slight things but then you have other people that are like yeah if you want to go out and meet your boyfriend or you want to do this that's fine Um, i'm just curious to, to see what will happen in the future for filming is it like you know you have to make sure you're vaccinated because these people are, are upset or like, how would that work? You know, I think vaccine or no vaccine, I think on bigger productions, they're going to have testing regardless, you know? Um, yeah. I don't know what point they'll eventually phase that out, but at the moment, at least for the, the foreseeable future, they'll have. Yeah. Is there any director right now that you would love to work with given the opportunity? Good question. Um, like realistic goals or oh like i mean just just like your dream goals i hate i'd love to work with Edgar Wright. i think um he's a Edgar powerful Wright. yeah Edgar Wright, yeah hot fire sean the dead yeah um i think he's a creative force i think he's a genius uh yeah i'd, I'd be interested to to work with him for sure <laughs> you know i've been seeing of course would be a dream who? Nolan, Christopher Nolan. Nolan, oh man. I think everyone just wants to work with Nolan, right? Every actors, <laughs> directors, anyone. Do you um I've seen there's a, there's been such great TV shows going out from, you know, European and, and, and English TV and, and, and obviously movies as well, but do you see the future of cinema being like distributed well? Because a lot of it is Hollywood, but I'm seeing a lot more movies being shot in Europe right now and I think that it could really increase the strength of of European and English cinema Uh, so what's the question? the question is do you think that cinema here will ever rival cinema in Hollywood? by cinema do you mean sort of film productions in general or the actual physical going to a cinema? no 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 like like movie quality movie you know strength and yeah, I, I don't know. I think I, it's really hard to say. I don't. I think there's a lot. There's a lot happening in Europe. Britain, British cinema is still never quite there, but it does. It does. I think it is picking up quite a lot. Yeah. Um, but like the the amount of money they're spending in in America is just next level, isn't it? Really. I mean, you know, and it's gonna hurt. Like, do you think Brexit is gonna hurt it? Because I know that like. A film in the UK have lost a hundred million or something because of EU funding. So, do you think that's going to be a step back, or do you think there's going to be 
you know, push more for English cinema? I think Brexit's a step back in every way, at least temporarily. I think it's going to, it's, it's a hit for a lot of things. Yeah. Uh, in the long run, I don't know. Maybe it'll, it'll kind of benefit, but I have no idea, man. I mean, no even yeah right less serious if you could go and have dinner with anyone in the world living or dead who would it be i'll be you of course yeah okay um oh man i don't know Uh, it's gonna sound like such a fanboy thing to say but i think to have dinner with Roger Deakins and just sit down and pick his brain would be incredible, you know? What kind of questions would you ask him? I don't know if I'd have specific questions. I just would, it'd just be more like, I don't know. It would just be sick to kind of watch some of his films and kind of really pick apart some scenes, you know? Yeah. Do you think you'd ever like be pissed off at that though? Imagine like sitting there and watching all movies and some little is like I'm on a this part and this part uh, yeah. I think I'd love it I, I'm so ego driven I'd be like yeah well, on this I uh, improv that word or improv <laughs> that line but I hate looking right. at myself uh, in, in, in film yeah I, I could never be on screen ever I, just, yeah, <laughs> I don't think it, and, and talking is very hard for me like like you said like um, I'm very shy to be doing podcasts and stuff I just don't know what it is acting is totally different but podcast man is crazy do you um? Sorry, I just have to blow my nose. I have this sinus problem. I'm not sick or anything. It's just I have this problem with my sinuses for years. I'm feeling my head in. Um, if you weren't a cinematographer, what else would you be? What do you think you would have done? Um, I think I'd be a pretty good producer. You know, I, I love that problem problem solving side of things, getting shit done. Um, or I think uh, I'd work in events you know I run this film festival that I find quite rewarding um, so I've got I've always got that to fall back on if uh, yeah but yeah. Tell, tell us about your film festival the film festival is about cars right mm, that's right. It's a part of it can you can you tell us a bit more about it it's just it's about uh, automotive content you know action movies documentaries uh, car commercials, um, anything with a motor, we want to see it. You know, if it's action packed or Need for Speed, would you watch that? Like, <laughs> how did yeah, you was... how did you get into uh, making a festival? Um, I was shooting a lot of car content years ago, and uh, I was doing a lot of car commercials and events and uh, sort of stuff like that and I just realized there wasn't really any platform for these films to go to Um, and having sort of works in features and short films I just I had already been submitting a lot of work to other film festivals and as you know there's bloody thousands of them Um, and there just wasn't anything for the car stuff and I kind of for years I was saying why you know it's crazy that there isn't anything someone should make this someone should make this and then um, so I just thought yeah fuck it let's do it and a good friend of mine got involved and together we kind of just got on with it that's amazing and how like do you is there a like a location that you hold a festival on is it an online festival yeah so we we have an awards night in in london in clapham um i'd say every year but we didn't last year (laughs) that's been postponed to this year um yeah so we're in in the eighth year now um lovely and um, how do you apply? Submit online through uh, Film film Freeway. Yeah, when, when I release this podcast, maybe I can have the link of it in, in, in the bio. Yeah, man. People are ever, if there's people interested. But it's amazing how, how productive you can be when, when you set your mind to stuff and you see like little niches. Do you yeah, think yeah. people ever will transition to the producer role? I mean, you're halfway there with the festival, right? You are the producer of that festival. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I don't think I'd ever produce in film. It's not really an interest of mine. Hmm. Um, maybe I'd direct, but it's not really. Yeah, there's a lot yeah. more. There's a lot of uh, 
a lot of cinematographers going into directing now, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, there's a lot of like need for them when you when you they have, you know, when you're looking at like the Avengers and stuff. There's so much stuff going on that is visual that you you really need someone like Christopher Nolan that is just amazing with that sort of thing that can look at the the CGI stuff and stuff like that's really the future of cinema right now, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Do you would you would you like to film a CGI thing or do you like kind of raw um, old school stuff? I haven't got too much experience in it. One one of my films coming up is very uh heavy CGI based. Um a lot of sort of CGI monsters and all that and I think um it's going to be an interesting interesting project, but I've not really I can't say I've worked enough in it to know if I'd like it. But I think for me, it, it comes down to storytelling. I think the most important thing is the narrative and the script. Yeah. And I, if the CGI helps tell that, then I'm all for it. But if it ends up getting in the way and just being for the CGI and for the looks, then I'm yeah. I'm against it. So. Is there any um, advice that you can give to actors to make your job or like just production in general easier? Um, you know, it, it's funny actors that I think um, are a bit more experienced, or maybe a bit more uh, switched on. You, you, you know, you can tell because they always try and become friends with the DOP. They always try and befriend them on set um, to try and get a sneaky little uh, bit of extra FaceTime, maybe, or make sure I give them a bit more time lighting or get their good side or something. <laughs> so, uh, you know, lots of cakes and alcoholic beverages at the end of the day. Just So who do you have to bribe? You don't really have to bribe the director. You more have to bribe the cinematographer and the editor, right? Exactly, yeah. Okay. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask you some really personal stuff and use that for blackmail on this um, soon. I've had, I've, actors, I've had actors before kind of give me that look of, I didn't get it, I want another take. And uh, the director really wants to move on. I've become such good friends with them. You know, it's kind of like... I'll push one more time for them if I know that they really want it, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's nice. That's nice. So um, you, 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 you're quite. You work well with actors, right? So you, you do. You, you befriend them. You, you, you can yeah, see them there. right. Amazing. Yeah, I think it, it, you're going to spend a lot of time with these people, and you're going to be very close. Um, it, you know, it, it helps a lot if you get along, and I think, yeah, it's it's a lot more fun that way, isn't it? If you kind of. What is stuff that actors do that ir- is irritating? Has, has there ever been actors that do things that you're just like, this is just so irritating? Or... I mean, not learning lines is probably irritating <laughs> for our crew. You know, if someone's messing up just that sort of thing. Yeah, I think... It's a difficult question. I guess... I guess one that kind of becomes a, a bit tricky or a bit annoying is when they um don't necessarily hit their marks or want to try going off somewhere doing something too crazy which i don't don't mind you know if if they want to explore a space you know i just would like to know maybe you know it's like some actors they'll try and um they'll try and improvise and do something a bit crazy which is which is fine i'm all for that i think but then they end up going somewhere where it hasn't been lit or the focus puller didn't know it was going to happen, you know. So, yeah, I think it's for me. For me, it's like um, improvise, but let's work together to try and capture it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, no, that makes a lot of sense because, like you said, look, I think there's a when and how for it. So let's say you're doing like the the test take, or you say to the director, "Look, I have something. Maybe can I try something?" Then at least then you know okay, this might not be a great take because we're looking at how to block something off. And we've done yeah. it before. Like, like, I think it's great working with, you know, with Anthony because there, there's so many times where you're like, okay, let's try something here. Can I try something? And, and we do. We, me and you try and work it out. Try and I show you my idea. You say it works or else it doesn't work because of camera. And I think that's mm. one of the biggest kind of problems with improv is that sometimes you have to be the bearer of bad news. It's like... Well, we can't do that because it doesn't work for the camera, you know. And then the actors, yeah. like, I feel like this is the way it should be. Like, yeah, but the camera won't pick it up. So it's funny with film; it's it's a big collaborative process, and everyone's got their departments. And 
and everyone's stretching in their direction to try and make it as best they can. Um, and it's about sort of meeting in the middle to kind of keep everyone happy and, and make the best product you can, you know, I think, yeah. um, and the director's job is ultimately there to overlook it all and, and to rein everyone back and to make sure everyone's on the same, well, at least heading in the same direction. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think, yeah, Anthony was great. He's really good. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice to work with Anthony. Yeah. Um, for, I'm going to let you go soon because I know you need to sleep. So uh, one last <laughs> question. Yeah. Or not a question actually. It's just, do you have any sage piece of advice for any anyone listening in, whether it be someone that's maybe wants to be a cinematographer, a DOP, or just in general, is there anything you want to say? I think for anyone starting out in any sort of area of film, is to just do it. Really, is kind of get on and, regardless of what the project is or what you want to do, just kind of experience as king. And I think mm-hmm. if you wanna, if you wanna act, you know press record on your phone and, and shoot some scenes on your own. If you want to shoot, grab a camera, no matter what it is, go out there and film stuff, you know? And I think yeah. no matter what it is, just do more of it, you know, and never kind of stop trying to be creative. And I know it's hard these days to kind of have the sort of inspiration and motivation to do stuff. But yeah, you know, I think if, if someone comes along with a project or an idea you know, it's better to try and be a yes man or woman and uh, kind of get involved if you can, because I think you only ever, you only ever learn. And, and my sort of catchphrase is you're either going to have a, a good time or a good story. So. Yeah. I like that. Vince Knight, you can only have a good, you know, have a good time or a good story. <laughs> um, Thank you so much, Vince. I think it was really nice talking to you. And it's, it's always nice to learn the perspective of people behind the camera and people that write and that's what this kind of uh, podcast is about it's just about learning from other artists and, and kind of f- getting a feel for what how they deal and how they express themselves and what they how what their insight is on on what we love to do so yeah is there anything you know pleasure to be here thank you very much no thank you thank you honestly okay i'll let you go off i'll let you sleep <laughs> try and sleep tonight i'll, I'll be up for hours yet yeah, me too. I'm actually thinking of writing something myself now to get out of this lockdown. I, it's so weird. I, I, I just don't want to do anything. I really, I'm not more like when I have an audition, brilliant. I, I'm, I'm 110. percent But I'm happily n- lazy. Like I'm happy not doing anything, and it kind of scares me that I'm, I'm just so relaxed through it all. You know, and it might be a good thing, but I also think it's nice to just get out and. So maybe we can. Um, I, I'll write something. Or me and. Uh, oh, you can't afford me. I don't know. I think we can work something out. All right, let's do it. Uh, maybe I don't know, you know, but I would love to work with you again because it is it is great. And um, yeah, for anyone listening in, please do check out Vince's movies because he is really good at what he does. But he's so amazing to work with as an actor. It's so nice to be able to, like you said, it is a, a like you know you ask the director, he gives you the okay, and and you just work with it so well. You do want the best. Um, for 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 the production and it's it's great it's great working with you so I hope I get the pleasure of working with you again and I can't let's go for three let's go for three three for three baby yeah awesome man all right bro have a good one okay talk to you soon God bless there's so many talented people on understudy and there you have it. Amazing Vince and I. Vince, thank you so much for coming on, bro. I really appreciate all of uh, all of the insight, all of the advice, and just having a laugh. Um, so thank you so much. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And for our next guest, it's going to be another great one. Um, one that I'm really, really excited for, and one that actually was one of the reasons I started doing these um, this podcast. My next guest is going to be the amazing Tim McNeil. Tim is an actor, writer, director and acting teacher in the Stella Adler Academy of Theatre in Los Angeles. Tim was my, t- my uh, teacher at one stage in time and I, I, I feel like he's always going to be my teacher. I'm always learning from him. I'm always gaining knowledge from him and, and you'll see that in, in this episode. Tim was in a lot of great things. He was in Forrest Gump. And we talk about what it was like being in Forrest Gump and 
people noticing that he was in there. Um, he's also a brilliant director and writer. He's wrote so many amazing plays, uh, like Machu Picchu, Texas, and and uh, Babel, Isaac Babel and the Red Sea, and so so much more. That they were stuff that I got to see. I had the pleasure of seeing in my time in Los Angeles. But he's an amazing writer. He's wrote and directed anything that's available on Amazon Prime, as well as lots of other stuff. And we get into it and we talk about it. We talk about such great stuff. Like if you if you're really interested in acting and the Stella Adler technique, this is the best man to listen to. This guy has so much knowledge in Stella Adler, so much knowledge as uh, in acting and in, in writing and, and in theater and. He, he's a guy who really fights for rights and that's one thing that's so big in his teaching and his writing is he's always talking about theatre and what we do as an artist is to fight for people's rights. So it's going to be really interesting I think for you guys to, to listen to what he has to say. He talks a bit about what Stella Adler herself was like because he was her uh, student and he was also her driver at one stage. So he has lots of inside information but he's just a bundle of knowledge and he's a really a, a joy to listen to and you see for for um for myself I always love listening to him he changed my life um in in so many ways he learned me what he taught me sorry for my bad english i'm really bad at english he taught me that what it's like what he taught me what it's what, what he taught me how to fight for the character he taught me what it's like for an artist to, or what it is for an artist to to do, or the responsibility to, to really fight for that person and to fight for people's rights, and that's what a lot of playwrights are, are doing. So he is a bund. Honestly, he's so 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 um, knowledgeable in in all walks of the acting and and arts industry, and you will really really enjoy it. I know I did. I I was I loved um getting to interview Tim like I said a lot of time a, a lot of where this uh, podcast comes from is because I wanted to talk about different techniques different acting techniques and I would have loved to have Tim on than having her acting teacher on we, we discuss it and so far I've gotten Tim on and he's really talked about the Stella, te- Stella Adler technique and his technique so it was an absolute pleasure and really a fulfillment of part of this podcast so really i'm really really excited about this i and i think you're really going to enjoy it for uh, for people that are interested in taking acting up or um interested in learning more about acting this is the man to talk to um or to listen to and for people that just want to know more about acting you'll you'll realize how deep acting can be or how deep it should be uh, when you listen to this man I love this man um, very, very much. I think he's a great man. He's a wonderful teacher and he's a wonderful actor and director. So without further ado, please tune in next week to listen to Tim McNeil. Thank you guys so much. There's so many talented people on Understudy.